After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with him. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Here ends the second reading. Please do have a seat. And... uh... I was here a few weeks ago, but if we haven't met, my name is uh, Ian Garrett. And if you're here through an invitation, uh, as I guess I am from Ken, then uh, thank you very much for coming along, especially if it's your first time. Um, I heard the story of this uh, boy who was at church for the first time with his dad, and his attention wandered to this list of names on the wall, and it was a war memorial. And uh, the kid turns to his dad, and he says, Dad, what's that list of names? And Dad says, oh, that's all the people who died in the services. And the kid goes, what? Is that the, uh, is that the morning services or the evening services? Um, I just want to assure you, so far, this new church has a 100% track record of people coming out alive. Uh, that's the first bit of good news this morning. Um, and whether you've been coming for months or whether this is your first time today, the idea of this service is to help each of us to take stock of where we've got to in our relationship to God and to Jesus. Just as an example of that, I was talking to a woman over in our church at Jesmond. She'd been coming a little while, so I thought I'd say to her, you know, what are you making of it? And she said, to be honest, I'm beginning to think Christianity is not for me. And I said, why is that? She said, well, I haven't told you this before, but um, I'm gay. I'm, I'm totally into the scene. I'm involved with someone. I know all of that would have to change. And as I look around this church, I just think, I, you know, I couldn't be like them. This isn't for me. And that's why I wanted us to look at a bit of the Bible which says loud and clear that Christianity, in other words, Jesus, is for you, whoever you are, wherever you are right now in life. So could you um, pick up one of the Bibles again around the place and turn to page 861? That'll get you to Luke's Gospel. Page 861. And uh, in the right-hand column of that page, we're going to look at the bit that's headed, Jesus Calls Levi, which is uh, Luke chapter 5 and starting at little number 27. So page 861, right-hand column, uh, little number 27. And uh, let me read from there. It says, After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. Now, as you can tell, I was recently in the clutches of the hairdresser, and she had plenty of time on her hand. The shop was empty. There was no one else there, so she went to town. She was uh, a new one to me, and she asked me what I'd do, and so we got on to talking about God, and she said, sometimes I believe in him, sometimes I don't. How can you know? And I said, well, I would say you can know because of Jesus, uh, because Jesus is God's son, come to earth as a man. If you'd been there, you could have seen him, could have heard him. Uh, and we, we, we chatted on. And we need to remember that's who we're reading about here. This person, Jesus, was God's son come to earth. He really did live, really died on the cross, really rose from the dead. He is alive in heaven today. 
And here's the thing, that means that what happened between him and this bloke Levi can still happen between him and you today. So it says, Jesus went out, saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And uh, the bunch of followers that Jesus already had would have been thinking, you are kidding. Because the tax collectors were people who were thought of as just the lowest of the low. Today it's the taxpayer who is more likely to be immoral, isn't it? So I read about one Inland Revenue Office that got an anonymous, an anonymous letter saying this, I've been unable to sleep properly because of my conscience over tax evasion, so I enclose a check for £2,000. If my conscience continues to trouble me, I will forward you the rest of what I owe. <laughs> so uh, there we are. Uh, today is more likely to be the taxpayer. In Jesus' day, it was the tax collectors who were notoriously immoral, ripping you off more than uh, you owed so they could line their own pockets. So everyone else would have thought that you know, Levi was just the lowest form of life. Uh, you do not want him. And Jesus walks up to him and says, follow me. I do want you. And I reckon the number one reason why people think that Christianity is not for them is that they just think God could never accept them. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe because of something on your conscience from the past. So I was talking to another woman over in our church in Jesmond. And for her, coming to faith all began out of the aftermath of having an abortion. And she came to our church for the first time one Sunday, first time ever in church. And uh, she later said to me, I sat there thinking, this is not for me. No one else here has done anything like I have. As soon as the last hymn ends, I'm out of here. And thankfully, the lady sitting next to her quickly introduced herself to her uh, just as things were finishing um, and said, what brought you along today? And she just blurted it out. She said, I've had an abortion. And when she was telling me about this later, she said, I would never have come back to this church but for what that woman said to me, which was... So have I. You may be feeling God could never accept you because of something you've done or because of a situation or a relationship that you're in now which just seems impossible to unpick. The truth is, whoever you are, whatever you've done, Jesus is saying, I want you back in relationship with me. And the great thing is he doesn't say, right, here's the deal, make up for the past, sort out your own life, and then I'll come in. That's not how it happens with Levi, is he? he? He walks straight up to him. He says, I'll have you right now as you are. Will you have me to take charge of your life? And I guess that um, part of you may be thinking, that is exactly what I need him to uh, do, while the other part is thinking, but how can he accept me after everything that I've done wrong? I mean, everyone honest will think that when it comes to God. Uh, I think, you know, he can't just say, let's forget it. And that's true, he can't. But he can forgive it through his death on the cross. And when I was on my way uh, to coming to faith, uh, this is how a friend first explained the cross to me. He said, imagine this hand stands for you or me, and the light up there stands for God. And we're supposed to be living in friendship with him. In practice, we've all turned away uh, from letting him take charge to living our life our own way. And then he said, imagine uh, this book stands for the record of, of everything you ever do wrong in your lifetime, everything that God should hold against you at the end of the day. And he put it on his hand like that, and he said, that's why we feel God can't accept us. You know, that's why we, that's why we know, in a sense, he's against us as our judge. 
even though he loves us as our maker. And then he said, imagine this hand stands for Jesus, God's son come to earth as a man, the only person to live a perfect life, never did that, never deserved this. And here's the thing, when he died on the cross, he was taking on himself the judgment we deserve. So that on the one hand, justice is seen to be done, and on the other hand, you and I can be forgiven. And he did that to deal with the wrongdoing of every single person in this room today. So if you are thinking, this isn't for me because God could never accept me, think again. Because Jesus can forgive anyone, anything, thanks to his death on the cross. That is how the Christian life begins. It begins by being forgiven everything up to the present moment and accepted. And then that is how the Christian life carries on. Because every day you blow it in trying to follow Jesus. And every day you are forgiven everything up to the present moment and still accepted and still accepted and still accepted. That's how it works. Now I know some people here will be getting back into church uh, after a long time adrift from Jesus. And, and in some ways it can be almost harder for people like that than the, uh, than the people coming from nowhere, like Tony was to begin with. Uh, and you may be thinking, the thing is, I don't just need forgiving for blowing the last day of my Christian life. I need forgiving for blowing the last 10 years or whatever it is. And you need to know that Jesus' death on the cross covers all of that as well so that you can have a restart. And today may well be the day when you need to ask him for that and get going again. So all of that is in verse 27. Jesus went out, saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said, follow me. And so there is the fork in the road. Either Levi just keeps living the same life, or he lets Jesus take charge. And you may be at exactly that fork. So what does Levi do? Let me read verse 28. And leaving everything, including his job, he rose and followed him. Now, can I say, following Jesus doesn't always mean leaving your job. I do have a friend who was brand manager of Smirnoff Vodka uh, when he became a Christian uh, by coming along to the church I was going to then. And uh, pretty soon, he decided that Jesus didn't want him in a job, which basically involved encouraging people to get plastered at corporate events. So he became brand manager of Coleman's Mustard instead. That's the, that's the kind of change that Jesus may ask of you. Uh, in life. It doesn't always mean leaving your job. It does always mean leaving behind, living your life your own way. So I'm going to choose you know, what is right and wrong for me. It means leaving that behind and letting Jesus take charge and uh, change you where he wants to. And I think that's the second big reason why people think Christianity is not for them. It's because the changes Jesus would want to make just seem too hard, too high a price. And if that's the big thing for you, I want to say, yes, it may be hard, but where Jesus wants to change us, it's always for the better. In fact, Tony said, it is just the best, not just the better. Uh, another friend of mine, Patrick, turned his life over to Jesus at a time where Pat would basically say he was well on the way to becoming alcoholic. And it was not easy for him to give that up and to lose all his kind of drinking mates and really all his lifestyle. 
But I remember interviewing him in church, a bit like Ken interviewing Tony up here, and I said, Pat, wasn't it hard leaving behind those habits and uh, losing those friends? And uh, Pat said this. He said, look, uh, the non-Christian life, in my experience, is like vegetarian food. You can eat as much of it as you like, and it never fills you up. And he hadn't planned to say that, and he's a sensitive soul, and I could, all over his face, I could suddenly see that he'd realized he'd offended all the vegetarians <laughs> in church, and there was no chance that they would be interested in Jesus at all from here on. But anyway, he plowed on, and he said, so I would say, I guess, again, like Tony, he said, I would say it's sometimes harder, but it's always been better. And he said, the things I've had to leave behind were not worth having in the first place. Now, you may be thinking... I couldn't change like that, I've tried. To which I want to say, if Jesus by his spirit comes into your life, he can change you where you know full well you can't change yourself. That's Tony's experience, that's my friend Pat's experience, that's my experience. It's the experience of all the Christians you could ask here. And that is true however messy or complicated your situation feels. I mean, Levi's was messy, wasn't it? Up to his neck in guilt and fraud the whole stack of money that he owed people, which he'd spent. And he just turned over the whole mess to Jesus, to to, to let him show him day by day how to move forward. And that may be what you need to do today. And Levi would uh, totally have agreed with Tony uh, about having Jesus where he belongs in, in your life being just the best thing. Because listen to verse 29. It says, Levi made Jesus a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. So it's just the best thing, and so he throws a party so his friends can actually find out as well. But then at the party, you bump into this bunch of people who didn't understand Jesus at all. Verse 30 says this, And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at Jesus' disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors? And sinners. How can you accept them? So these Pharisees and scribes were the really religious people, the people who read their Bibles for fun, the people who went to church more than you ever have done, and uh, the people who took it really seriously to find out, you know, what, what are the rules we think God wants us to keep and trying to keep them. And that is where they made their big mistake, because they basically thought that God would accept you if you tried hard enough if you were good enough. And so that's why they looked down on all the other people like Levi and said, uh, how can Jesus accept them? You know, when he knows what they're like, he knows what they've done. And the answer, of course, is, is by forgiving them, but the Pharisees just didn't get that. They didn't even get that they needed forgiving. They thought that they were okay as they were. And in my experience, that's the third big reason why people think that Christianity is not for them. They, they just say I'm okay as I am. I'm okay without Jesus. They look down at the Levi's of the world, all the people you hear about in the news, and and they say, you know, I'm not like that. I'm a good person. I've tried to live a good life. I'm I'm on a different footing. And Jesus says, so long as you are thinking like that, you are the one kind of person in this building that he can't do anything to help. Because listen to the punchline of this little episode in verse 31. And Jesus answered them, those kind of people, those who are well have no need of a physician, in other words, a doctor, but the sick. I haven't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. 
I don't know about you, I'm hopeless with needles. Um, I almost always faint after an injection, and the last time that happened uh, with some jabs before traveling, I was just on my way out through the, uh, the doctor's surgery waiting room when down I went, um, and I came round with this toddler's terrified eyes staring into mine. And you can reconstruct the situation. Mum has spent the whole morning saying the doctor's really nice. Um, you know, there's nothing to be... And the first thing that he finds is a dead body on the floor <laughs> as he comes through the door. But anyway, while I was down there, um, under surveillance with, with the nurse keeping an eye on me, um, I read all the posters, one of which said, Are they really sick? Only call out the doctor if absolutely necessary. And that is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, look, I am the spiritual doctor for this world. And I would not have done the call out from heaven to earth to die for you on the cross if you were all right as you were. But you're not. You're spiritually sick. Even if your symptoms of what you've done wrong don't seem so bad as certain other people you could mention. You're spiritually sick and you need me to forgive you and to come into your life and change you. That's what Jesus is saying to us. Well, I said the idea of today's service was to um, help us each just take stock of where have we got to in our relationship with God and the Lord Jesus. So imagine that I were to draw a line of where everyone here stands with God. At one end, there'd be the people who'd say, well, I, you know, I haven't turned to Jesus like Levi. And I hope at least that what you've heard this morning has shown you what Jesus offers, shown you that you need him and why this is for you, whatever you may have thought on your way in. At the other end of my line, there'll be those here who say, you know, I have turned to Jesus like uh, Levi did. And you know what it is to be forgiven. You know what it is to have Jesus by his spirit in your life, working to make you more the person that you were meant to be. And as Tony said, there, there is nothing better than that. But it may be that you are right in the middle of my line. You know this is true. And you know that Jesus uh, today, and perhaps for the last weeks and months, has been speaking to you, calling you to respond to him. And I want to say, wouldn't today be a great day to do that? So I'm going to end with a prayer, which would be a way of turning to Jesus for the first time. Let me just read it out before I lead us in prayer, so it, it doesn't take you off guard. You can think whether you would want to make this prayer your own personal prayer. This is what I'll say. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for turning away from you and living my own way. Thank you for dying for me so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me and come into my life by your spirit and help me to live for you from now on. Now, you may be much further back and not ready to pray anything like that. Um, or you may have begun this relationship with Christ. You don't need to begin all over again, although you might want to use this prayer, as I said earlier, for a restart. But if you want to turn to Jesus for the first time, you could echo that prayer in your mind to him as I lead us now. So let's bow our heads in prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for turning away from you and living my own way. Thank you for dying for me so I can be forgiven. Please forgive me and come into my life by your Spirit 
and help me to live for you from now on. Amen.